Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Marketing. I am so excited that you're here. If you are a returning listener, as always, thank you so much for coming back. If this is your first episode, this is the one that you're starting with. Welcome. I hope that you leave today's podcast episode with some ideas and some resources and hopefully a little bit less stressed about your marketing. Today's topic is all about content creation, but more specifically, I want to talk about ways to streamline it because one of the things that's come up a lot lately with clients is we are talking about how stressful and overwhelming it can be for business owners who have a million other things to do to then also need to create content in all of these new ways because it's not just enough anymore to occasionally send out a newsletter or occasionally have a social media post. There needs to be a strategy behind it. And now with the advent of short form video that is taking over everywhere, you're also expected to create video and it is a lot, but it's also a really great way when you create content to connect with your audience and to stay top of mind. And you know, all the reasons you're supposed to do it. But today let's talk about ways to streamline it so that it is hopefully less stressful for you, and more importantly, more effective, right? Because we're not just creating content to create content and hope for the best. The idea behind our content, the reason that we are creating content, is to either connect with the audience that we already have, or get in front of new audiences, or people who might be our audience, right? So that they can learn more about us and hopefully work with us in the future at some point. So that's what we're talking about today is ways to streamline content creation. I also want to point out, I know that the term content creation is so overused in the marketing world. Like I cringe when I say it, but I don't have another way to say it. So I'm just going to use that term throughout this podcast episode and wherever else I need to use it until I come up with a better term. So when we're talking about content creation, right, what exactly is that? So that is any of your social media posts, your blogs, your text graphics, right? Any photos that you take, any videos that you create, emails that you send to your list, this is all content that you are creating. Even flyers and other printable things, that is also content that you create. Your website, especially when you add pages to your website or you add new products or you update your page, all of that is content creation. You are creating content when you do that. So that also includes articles or blogs, which I think I said already, um, podcasts like this one, I'm creating content. I recognize that I'm creating content even as I'm creating it. And that's meta, but it's just the way that it goes. And I think we could even look at content creation as those emails that you send over and over and over again. There are ways to make that process faster, right? I've, if we work together, you've heard me say it, that if you do something more than a couple of times, you need to have a process to do it faster and easier next time, because obviously there's a need for it. I want to touch on the fact that this is not about, when I'm talking about streamlining your content creation, I am not talking about creating ways for you to just spam everybody with content that is meaningless and pointless, and there is no reason for it. Really, when we're creating content, we need to be thinking about how we can use this content to connect with our audience so that they understand what we do, how we can help them, and how we can make their lives better. That all the caveats are out of the way, let's get into it. One of the best ways that you can streamline your content creation and make it easier is to use a content calendar. Now, it doesn't have to be complicated, 
but it is really important. And if the term content calendar is making you sweat a little bit, it's okay. It's one of those things in marketing, like the word content creation or the phrase content creation, that a lot of people overuse or they use it as like a hot button trigger issue to get somebody excited. So let's break down what a content calendar is. So you have a calendar and it probably has important dates in it or birthdays or appointments that you need to keep. Your content calendar is just like that, but it talks about where you're going to post and what you're going to say. That's at the heart. That's what a content calendar is. It can get way more complicated, but at the heart, it's just, this is what I want to talk about. This is where I'm going to talk about it. And this is when I'm going to talk about it. So when you have a content calendar, even if it is just written down in a notebook or done in an Excel sheet, it gives you a starting place. So instead of realizing on Friday that you haven't posted in two weeks, and then you run to Instagram and you're panicked because you're not sure what you're going to post, you give yourself time and grace, which I think business owners do not give each other, give our, we don't give ourselves enough of that. You give yourself time and grace to plan what you want to say before you have to say it, which means you can think. <laughs> it means you can give yourself a little bit of breathing room and really think, what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? What things are coming up that I need to promote? What things do I need to touch on? What updates do I need to share? But when you're doing that, like I said, on Friday at five o'clock, because you have to post, you don't know what you're going to get. But if you have a little bit of a content calendar and a little bit of a plan that is mapped out, which means when it comes to actually creating the post, that decision process about what you're going to say is already done. You don't have to, you can, you don't have to write it on the same day that you plan it, right? You can plan what you want to talk about and then go back and write it later. And by breaking those steps, that process into smaller steps, that also removes some of the stress and the overwhelm because you're not trying to build an entire house in one day, you're just taking it in pieces. So that's something to think about is that when you're using a content calendar, it just takes some stress off of you and gives you some breathing room and lets you plan a little bit more solidly than maybe you would otherwise. So when we're thinking about what kind of content you're creating, it's also important to think about what assets you need. Again, assets, fancy term. Do you need photos? If you're going to post on Instagram, you have to have a photo, right? If you're going to post on TikTok, you probably have to have a video. So that's something to think about is if you want to post on TikTok every Wednesday, what are the steps that you need to take before that to get the pieces in place so that you can do that with ease instead of with stress? Let's touch a little bit on the content strategy here what is the goal of the post? And different posts have different jobs. I think that's a really easy way to keep to think about that is when you make a post, it's not just making a post to make a post. It has a job. You're not just promoting because as you know, if you go to somebody's page or you see content from somebody and the only thing they're doing is selling their thing, it's not as interesting. So when we're talking about what kind of content to create, what can we share? There's going to be some posts that are educational, there are going to be some posts that are designed to get engagement, meaning comments and shares. They are asking questions or they're sharing something that is really valuable to somebody else. So they might want to share it and save it themselves. Obviously, some posts are going to be about making a sale or promoting something new. Some of them are going to be talking about why you're good at what, at what you do so that people understand that you're not a random 
business, you are somebody who has expertise and knowledge and you can help them, or your skill set means that your products are better. That's okay to talk about that. It's just not in a way that is only here's my thing and buy it because that's not interesting. You can also make posts that are designed to build community, meaning asking questions and getting people engaged and having conversations. On social, that's, I mean, social is social. If we're not approaching social media from a social perspective, from a way of building community and a way of getting to know people, then the alternative is going on the street corner and just yelling what you do, because that's about as effective as it gets. So when we're talking about planning your content, you can't make endless sales posts, but you can talk about what you do in all sorts of different ways. And mapping all of this out in a content calendar before you have to do it just removes a lot of the stress and pressure of feeling like you have to do all of it in the moment and all at the same time. The next way to streamline your content creation is to reuse, repurpose, and recycle your content. And when you are using a content calendar, that makes this step even better. So one of the hurdles we know is having time to create all the content that you need to create, even if you don't actually want to create that much content, but even, you know, a blog post once a month or semi-regular emails to your list, that can take time. So if you are reusing, repurposing, and recycling your content, it means that past you has already done some of the work and previous you has already thought of all the things that you need to think about to put in a post. So current you can just post it or schedule it as the case may be. And you can even double dip a little bit and repost content that you know performs really well. You can go back and reshare something that you know your audience loves and you always get really great responses on. Because if they already liked it, then they're going to like it again the next time, which means that you'll get a better performing post and you don't have to take as much time to create it. So you could, yes, you could copy and paste an older post, update it as needed, add a new image or just reuse the same image and post there. But you can also, for example, take a social media post and turn it into a video or take a blog post and break it down into several social media posts because you've already done that writing. You can make an Instagram carousel post and then turn that into a story post or even a reel if you wanted to do that so that you have this content and you are still showing up, but it's not necessarily starting from scratch every single time because that takes so much time. And if you're repurposing what you already have, if you're recycling it, if you're reusing it, it is such a time saver. I really cannot stress (laughs) how much time you can save. And I'm not saying that you just cycle through the same five posts. That's not what I'm saying. But if you look at your analytics, look at which posts performed well, look at which posts actually got somebody to leave a message or to save the post or to send you a DM or to make a purchase. Do more of those because you know that they're working. Other benefit of reusing, recycling, and repurposing these posts is that we know that audiences need to hear the same thing over and over and over again. And if you've been in marketing world, you know that there's some sort of, it has to be 20 touches or 40 touches or 102 touches, some number of imaginary touches that people have to see your name, they have to see the product, they have to get a referral, they have to be basically aware of you more than once. We know this. Most people don't see a single product one time and make a purchase, especially if the product is more expensive or a little bit more specialized. So by reusing, repurposing, and recycling these posts that do well, this content that you've already created, so it's time-saving, it's filling up your content calendar, 
but it's also helping you stay on message. It's helping you stay on brand because you're you're repeating yourself in a way, but like in a good way, not in, in an annoying way. But by repeating yourself, that means your audience is hearing the same messaging over and over and over again. So they get to know what you do and they're going to be more likely to remember you. Another really good way to be memorable is to use the same kind of branding over and over again. If Target showed up every single week with a different logo, you wouldn't know it was Target, right? And if you have any kind of branding already done, you might be thinking, I can skip over this next part because I already know my brand logo. I already know my colors. I already have two fonts that I use every time. That's the base, right? Yes, do that. That is fantastic. But there are other things that we can think about about using templates. So if you have your email and you know that there are four blocks in your email that you always use, there's a little bit of an intro, you're promoting a new product, there's a wrap up and you're sharing some sort of cool thing to your email list. If you know that that's what you share every single time, then that means when it goes, when it's time to create an email, you can do it a lot faster and a lot easier because you already know what you're going to say. You just have to fill in the blanks. So that kind of plug and play content means that you're doing it faster and easier. It also means at some point, which we'll talk about in a minute, if you ever wanted to outsource, you can just tell the person that you've outsourced it to, this is what my email looks like, do it this way. Also means, you know, you have your blog post and it's formatted the same way every time. You you make carousels for Instagram and instead of trying to start from scratch and design something original, you just use one of their templates and change the colors, change the fonts, put in your own information. So instead of feeling like you have to create this beautiful, amazing graphic from scratch, especially if you're not a graphic designer, you can use a template that somebody else has created and build on that, which saves you an enormous amount of time and frustration. Think about what else in your business might benefit if you were able to use a template so that you weren't starting from scratch every time. I will give you an example of something that I do in my business when I do presentations. My cover image and my final image are always the same, no matter what the guts of the presentation are. I don't need to change that. I could change it, but it takes time to change it. It takes time to put on a different cover when all I really need to do at the end of the day is just change the title. I don't need to change the entire graphic and the color scheme. That doesn't make sense. And I bet that there are things in your business that you might be making harder than they need to be because you're trying to get fancy when you just need to get it done. Related to this kind of process are creating your own SOPs. SOPs stand for Standard Operating Procedure. They can be really complicated or they can be pretty simple and straightforward. But the benefit of having an SOP like having a template means that you are doing it the same way every time. And I bet that there are things in your business, maybe it usually comes up when somebody is creating an email or there's some sort of process that they need to do and they always have to really think hard to remember that one step because if they forget that one step, then they have to go back and do it again. If that is something that you have experienced or you know, you would like to remember to do this one thing, but it just never really gets done. When you have an SOP, you are writing down every single step of what you do as you're doing it so that next time you can just follow your own instructions. And SOP is basically just an instruction book. It's a handbook, but you create it. You decide what's important, what the steps are, and what it's going to look like. And when you have that, it does two things. Number one, it takes some of that mental load of you having to remember every single step of every single piece of your business. That's number one. 
Number two, if you ever wanted to outsource any part of your business, one of the biggest reasons people don't outsource is that fear of having to train somebody. Like It's going to be hard. It's going to take me longer to train them than it would be for me to just do it myself. Right? You've probably said that. But if you have the instructions and all you have to do is give somebody instructions and say, this is how you post on my Instagram. This is what my email looks like. This is how I create carousels for my business. This is how I edit my content, whatever it is. If you just had to give them an instruction sheet and they could do it themselves, then you don't have to train them because you've already trained them. You've already given them the documentation that they need to be able to do the thing that you want them to do for you, which means either you can outsource it, which is great and takes it off your plate completely, or the next time that you're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and worried about forgetting something, you don't have to worry about that because past you, we're really going to lean on past us in this episode. Past you already wrote those instructions down so that current you can just follow them. It takes a huge amount of mental load off of you if you don't have to remember every single thing in your business. And it also will almost guarantee that things won't get overlooked, they won't get forgotten, and they won't get missed because you forgot to do them because you had too many things going on that day. And the final piece of today's podcast episode about streamlining your content is you have to have a plan to promote it. I do not want you creating content and then it just living on your website or living in a single social media post and never getting any love and never getting any further recognition. Let's let's stop that. Let's make today be the last day that you do that kind of thing. So when you have a plan to promote your content, again, going back to that content calendar, you know that if you have a new blog post or you have a new product or you have something exciting to share, you know that you're going to share it and you're going, you know how you're going to share it, where you're going to share it, what kind of content assets you need to create. Do you need to create, you know, a special graphic for it? Do you need to find a photo for it? Whatever that is, if you know that you're going to share it and you have that as part of your plan, then instead of creating the content, hitting publish or send or whatever and closing your laptop and walking away from it and, you know, you put in two hours of your life into it, instead of that being the end of it, when you plan to promote it, when you plan to distribute it, when you plan to talk about it, it makes that hard work that you did even more effective. So if you have a blog post, if you have a new product, if you have a really great social media post, don't be shy, scared, shy, some combination of those words. Don't be scared or shy to share them in different places. If you have a really great performing Instagram post, share it on Facebook or turn it into a blog post or copy and paste that Instagram copy into an email and send it to your list. You are able to create content from other content that you have, which means it's faster and easier. And that's really what this episode is all about. This podcast episode is all about giving you some tools to streamline your content, to make it easier, to make it faster. And before I wrap up, I really want to share one more tip that I didn't really want to include in the blog post that this episode is based on, but I will include it here. That is ChatGPT. If you've been around me, you know I've been talking about it a lot. I will put a link in the show notes to a little mini course that I have, but I have found ChatGPT and clients have found ChatGPT to be an amazing, amazing resource to getting you out of your own way when it comes to creating content, when it comes to coming up with ideas for content, 
when it comes to reusing your content because you can put in, for example, a blog post that you created and ask it to create social media posts based on that blog content. How amazing is that? You can give it the transcript for a video and tell it to create a blog post that you already did. There's so many cool things that you can do with it. So definitely check that out if that's something that you're interested in. Um, In the mini course, I walk you through how to use it, caveats, all the different ideas, how to get good prompts out of it, all sorts of things. So definitely check that out if you want to make content faster and you struggle with creating the content. If that's where you're at, if even creating content, no matter, even if you use every single tip I shared today, your main problem is just getting it out of your head and into some sort of document or onto paper, check out the ChatGPT mini course. It's, it's what you're looking for. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was helpful. If you have a really amazing way to create content um, faster and easier and have a really great way to streamline it that I did not think about, tell me about it. Uh, my email is gwen at gwenmontoya.com. I would love to hear what you think about this episode or if you have any questions. So thank you and I will talk to you next time.